Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Shepherd in France Chapter 15 by Bernd Redstone Gabriella's and Catherine's reaction to his being shot and almost run over by a truck was significantly stronger than their reaction to the clubbing. Like the bomb at Hiroshima was stronger than a hand grenade. Ben endured their clinging to his arms and waist and crying on him for over an hour upon their return. He was unable to disguise the fact that his back was a raw mess and his movements showed the aches and pains he was in. Beatrice had edited the videos she'd taken from his cameras and had put copies onto a memory stick for him to take with him. They watched the edited versions and this started the tears once more. The scene where Ben walked down the hill to see Alexis and Beatrice crying over his apparent demise hit those two particularly hard and they were in tears as well. Daniel and Miriam cried and Ben felt no shame in his own tears as he hugged them until their tears stopped. He finally had to say enough when the group attempted to watch the videos for a third time. He told them it was over and he was alive and just slightly worse for wear but would heal. He wanted the tears to stop and to hear about the adventures they'd had in Lyon. Daniel showed him some pictures but after a short time everyone could tell the mood was wrong. They'd have to come back to this later. No one felt like eating and Gabriella suggested everyone go to bed as they were supposed to be on their way in the morning. Ben went to the kitchen as he actually was hungry having missed lunch. Marie made him a wonderful meal with leftovers and he kissed the back of both of her hands, making her blush fiercely. She surprised him by kissing his forehead before she headed home. Alexis and Beatrice were sitting with him and watched their cook with wide eyes as she left. Gabriella and Catherine joined them in the kitchen and crowded around the kitchen table to be near Ben as he ate. Both began to pick off his plate until he glared at them and Alexis brought out the rest of the leftovers and made some plates for her other guests. Sophia, Rachel and Megan arrived and everyone moved to the dining room as the kitchen table couldn't fit that many people. Gabriella's kids were next and made sandwiches from baguettes and sliced meat. Stephanie made a rare appearance. She had clay smeared on her arms and hands and on her face as well. Alexis cleaned her up at the sink and made her some food. The informal dinner was nice and the mood had finally lightened. Once they were done everyone helped clean up then the group gave their hosts hugs and kisses. Ben watched Stephanie's satisfied expression. How's it going with the clay sculpture? He asked. It's done, she said with a deep smile. Everyone perked up asking to see it. Tomorrow morning before you leave I will have a showing before Richard arrives to take it for his bronze casting process. She said. Alexis rolled her eyes. She's rolling her eyes, isn't she? Stephanie said and chuckles erupted. Their group made their way upstairs and Ben hugged Daniel and gave Miriam a hug and kiss before sending them off to their beds. Megan kissed him and pressed herself fondly against his chest afraid to touch his back. Sophia's kiss was a little desperate, and he held her face gently as he slowed their kiss and felt her calm down. He kissed her tenderly, and she smiled at him dreamily as she went into her room. Rachel had tears beginning to pool again so he kissed her hard and left her gasping with a smile and a spinning head. Gabriella and Catherine made it clear that they fully intended to sleep in his bed with him tonight. He didn't argue and they all brushed their teeth together. Afterwards he crawled into the middle of the bed and gently laid down on his stomach. He wasn't to sleep on his back tonight and no hanky-panky but the women understood and were well behaved. They snuggled in beside him and soon they were all asleep. Ben had a bad moment in the middle of the night as he relived the race down the road only this time the branch broke and he went under the wheels. He woke screaming and Gabriella and Catherine were there to calm him down. Sophia and Rachel, who were sharing the room next to his, 
burst in to see if he was okay. He was under the covers and the room was pretty dark so he was only mildly embarrassed. He realized they were still just anxious. He sat up and tucked the sheet around his waist as he offered to hug them. Rachel was immediately on the bed and pressed herself against him. As she pulled back from the hug she stopped to look at his mouth then kissed him quickly. Catherine gave her daughter a gentle spank on the butt as the young woman slipped off the bed. Sophia was much more timid in her approach. She knelt on the bed before Ben and carefully leaned towards him. Ben had to lean forward to hug her and didn't notice his sheets slipped down. Sophia glanced down as they moved together and saw his heavy cock swaying between his legs. He hugged her against his chest and she trembled. He pulled back surprised and she blushed and slipped from the bed. The two women said their good nights, then closed the door behind themselves. Ben was tingling from the adrenaline and the kiss as he tried to get back to sleep. He wasn't a stomach sleeper and found it uncomfortable. Memory of the nightmare made his mind shy from sleep. It turned into a very long night for him. Morning found Ben groggy and sore. Cranky too if he was being honest. He tried to lighten up but exhaustion weighed him down. Gabriella said his back was looking better than the night before so he took a careful shower with two assistants and afterwards they dried him off gently. Even his overly enthusiastic libido was too subdued to be excited about showering with the two beauties and they picked up on that. Breakfast was quiet and Gabriella filled her cousin in on Ben's condition. Marie served him a king-sized breakfast which earned her a warm smile from Ben. Stephanie, as promised, offered to let them see the sculpture after breakfast and whispered something into Gabriella's ear who then announced that she, Ben, and Catherine would be going first. The others looked disappointed and curious. Ben surprised Marie once more after breakfast by giving her a bear hug and she was told to move her hands down to avoid his back. The small quiet woman surprised Ben by grabbing two handfuls of his ass during the hug. Her face was crimson as she rushed back to the kitchen. Stephanie led the trio into her office and had them line up. There was a table in the middle of the floor with a thin sheet covering the statue. None of them knew what to expect as this piece of art was so much larger than anything Stephanie had ever created. They tried to prepare themselves but when she carefully uncovered it all three froze. It was Ben. Four feet tall but an almost perfect replica of the man himself. Oh my god! Gabriella breathed. It's incredible! Catherine gushed. It's me! Ben barked, horrified. Stephanie heard Ben's tone and frowned in worry. You don't like it? All three women were looking at Ben in surprise as he took in the excruciatingly accurate detail. Every scar, wrinkle, dimple, and bulge was there. The expression on its face was open and daring. His eyes dropped to the penis which again was rendered in perfect detail and scale. He walked around to the back and the new scars were there too. How did you get the new injuries? He gasped. I mapped them while you were unconscious yesterday, Stephanie said in a quiet voice. He looked back at the sculpture and walked back to stare closely at its face again. It's me, he said quietly. Yes, Ben, it's you. It's a perfect match and it's gorgeous, Gabriella said carefully. What's your point? My point? He gasped as he stared at the woman. People are going to see this. People are going to see me naked. Everything. I don't want to be naked for everyone. I saw Stephanie's dancers and took comfort in the anonymity of their faces. This isn't anonymous. It's me. Stephanie had tears in her eyes as she sank to the floor. Her masterpiece, the art she'd poured her very soul into. He hated it. Gabriella and Catherine were immediately at her side glaring at his uncharacteristic insensitivity. He saw the woman's pain and it wrenched something inside his heart. He slowly knelt down and took Stephanie's hands in his. Please understand. You've done an amazing job of capturing the external aspects of who I am. It's exactly what people would see if I walked around naked. 
for that I think it is exquisite and I am in awe of your skill. Truly I am. What's really upsetting me is the fact that the piece doesn't capture who I am on the inside. I have a terrible shyness. I don't like being in the spotlight. I'm a very private person. This art is bold, powerful, passionate, and raw. That's who you really are, Ben, Catherine exclaimed. No, that's how I am with you in private. I can be that, but only in those intimate moments with someone I love. He looked at the sculpture again. Maybe that's what frightens me the most. You have captured something from inside me, but it's something I don't share with anyone I'm not in love with, he said quietly. Stephanie was listening carefully, and her smile was back. Then I wasn't wrong about you. Ben looked at her and sighed. No, you weren't wrong. But I'm not in an emotional state to be rational about this art. It's too intimate. Ben, this needed to be created. And it needs to be seen. It's one of the most powerful pieces I have ever laid eyes on and I've been in many of the world's best museums and art galleries. Gabriella said earnestly. He looked in her eyes and she saw the conflict and pain in his. Finally he dropped his eyes and nodded. Thank you, Ben, she said quietly. Stephanie's face lit up. If you don't mind, I don't want to know who's seen this. I'm going upstairs to pack, Ben mumbled. Of course. Gabriella and Kat lifted Stephanie to her feet then went out to speak to the others about the art. Gabriella carefully described the sculpture to her kids and explained that Ben would be uncomfortable knowing they'd seen it so they accepted that and went upstairs to do their own packing. Catherine's girls were in awe and gushed to Stephanie about how moved they were. Finally Kat had to get them moving to go pack. Gabriella found Ben in his bedroom. He was too distracted and Gabriella had to help him complete his packing. She told him she would drive while he relaxed in the van as best he could. When they got back downstairs Richard and Henry were coming out the private door and both froze when they saw Ben. Hello Richard. Hi Doc. Ben smiled. Then their expressions registered on Ben's dulled wits and he grimaced. His facial scar surfaced and the men looked away. Richard regrouped. Hello Ben. You're off? Ben was grateful for the distraction. Yes, we're heading down to Cannes. Henry stepped up. Before you go would you mind if I took a look at your injuries? I want to make sure there isn't any infection. Ben nodded and lifted his shirt off. Both men stared at his scarred chest then he turned around and Henry examined his back. Thank you Ben, you can put your shirt on. The wounds look like they are beginning to heal well. You're going to have additional scarring though. Stephanie was amazingly accurate in capturing the new injuries as well as the older ones. Henry said with a pleasant smile. Ben's expression was pained. Why you don't like it? It's one of the most beautiful pieces I've ever seen. Richard gushed, and Ben's eyes shot to him to see what he meant. Richard began to stammer. Of art. Pieces of art. Henry rolled his eyes as Ben relaxed. It's too accurate a likeness for me to be comfortable about people seeing it. I thought it would be more stylized, abstract, or otherwise distorted. Ben grumbled. Richard and Henry's eyebrows began to climb up their foreheads so Ben grabbed his suitcase with a scowl and went to load it in the van. The men turned to Gabriella who just smiled and nodded then moved to follow Ben. Richard and Henry went back for another look. Once the van and car were loaded they said their farewells. Tears were shed and hugs and kisses were exchanged. As they made their way back to the vehicles Ben saw a few older tradesmen installing the chateau's sign as it was now safe to do so. They waved at Ben and he waved back. He climbed into the passenger seat. Gabriella took the wheel and they were off. They made their way to Avignon and stopped for lunch and to take a look around. There was some kind of theater festival happening and Daniel took a lot of fun shots as the McGovern ladies and Miriam hammed it up with the actors. Once they'd had their fun they piled back into the vehicles and headed off to Ken to check into their hotel. 
Gabriella guided them to their hotel in Cannes and Ben was feeling better when he saw the beautiful ocean front building. Very posh. It reminded him of their lovely time in Paris. The beach also looked inviting. They handed the vehicles over to the valets and checked in. They had multiple rooms on the top floor. They were about to turn away from the counter when the front desk clerk handed him an envelope. What's this? Ben asked. Your traveling companion checked in two days ago and asked us to deliver this to you when you arrived. The man said and was called away before Ben could find out who he meant. Ben looked at Gabriella and raised his eyebrows as he opened the envelope. He pulled a sheet of paper out, and a puzzled expression appeared on his face. What's it say, Ben? Gabriella asked. He handed her the paper. How did she know we'd be here? Now? Gabriella read the brief note. It was a dinner invitation to a very exclusive restaurant. For Ben from Margot de la Cruz. A sudden guilty look passed over her face, and she looked at Ben. What? he asked. After I checked us out of the hotel in Paris, Margot caught me leaving the lobby. She was insistent about talking with you again. I told her it wasn't possible as we were leaving for the airport to drop Tina off and then we'd be heading south. I may have told her we'd be here. I did tell her she needed to follow your suggestions, and until she did she was dangerous to you. Ben scowled. He couldn't really argue with Gabriella as she was likely right about Margot, but he felt a little indignant she'd kept this from him. Gabriella looked at him nervously. You know I was only trying to protect you, right? It wasn't jealousy. I know you look out for me, Gabriella, but I don't like secrets. Especially when I'm being kept in the dark about something. That makes me feel like I'm being manipulated. He held up his hand to stop Gabriella's protest. I know that wasn't the intent, but it's how I feel. Margot needed to speak with me, obviously enough to track us all the way down here. I think I should at least hear what she has to say. Gabriella didn't look happy, but she nodded. When the clerk returned, Ben caught his attention. How do I go about contacting my friend? There is nothing on the note to indicate which hotel she is staying in. She is staying with us, monsieur. On your floor. Room 507. He replied. Ben smiled at the man. Ah, excellent. Thank you. The clerk nodded and moved on as Ben and Gabriella returned to their group and handed out the room keys. We have a surprise guest all the way from Paris. Margot de la Cruz, he said to them and several faces dropped. Catherine looked nervously at Gabriella. Ben scowled. Were you all in on the fact that she was trying to contact me? From their surprised expressions he saw that wasn't the case. Margot tried to speak with me before we left the hotel in Paris and followed us down here so she could talk with me. I'm going to hear her out. He gave the women a straight look and they nodded if somewhat reluctantly. Let's get to our rooms. Once more Ben had a beautiful palatial hotel room with a huge bed. He looked at it longingly but his stomach rumbled to tell him it was time for food not sleep. He picked up the phone and dialed room 507 but no one answered. He left a message with the front desk to let Margot know he had arrived and had called. There was a knock on the door and when he opened it Gabriella quickly stepped inside and hugged him tightly being careful not to squeeze his wounds. I'm so sorry Ben. I never meant to make you feel like you were being handled. She gushed. He put his arms around her and basked in the warmth of her embrace. I know. And I know you were just trying to protect me and I appreciate that. Ben's stomach chose that moment to growl loudly and they both chuckled. I think I'd better feed that monster, she teased. What are our dinner plans? He asked eagerly drawing a wide smile from the brunette. I made reservations for the entire group at a lovely restaurant that serves traditional Provencal cuisine. I think you'll love it. We should get moving, she replied. They collected up the others and walked through the busy streets to the small restaurant in one of the smaller side streets. 
Gabriella was greeted with a big smile and kisses on both cheeks by an older plump woman who met them at the door. Introductions were made and they were led to their table. Do you know everyone in France? Daniel asked his mother causing her to laugh. No, I met Giselle on a business trip to Milan. I came down to Nice to meet another distributor and they brought me to this restaurant. We had an amazing meal and I struck up a conversation with the owner. Giselle and I keep in touch as we are both very driven women. She smiled at her son. The meals were delicious and Giselle stayed close to ensure they were satisfied. She spoke with Gabriella for a time and Ben could see there was a shared respect and admiration there. Once the meal was done everyone had the glow of deep satisfaction though some were also glowing from the good wine so it was time to walk back to the hotel. Ben paid for the meal with a generous tip and gathered his group out on the street. The McGovern ladies were trying to convince Ben to go dancing with them but Catherine saw Ben was too tired and her daughters were a little too tipsy to be on their own safely. She nixed the dancing idea completely insisting they had an early start the next day and maybe there could be dancing tomorrow night. There was a little grumbling but Ben gave them some hugs and that seemed to lighten their mood. They made it back to the hotel and Ben was flagged down by the front desk clerk as they entered. He was informed that his traveling companion was in the bar. Gabriella and Catherine gave him worried looks but he held his hand up and said he would be fine and would see them at breakfast in the morning. He gave them kisses and turned to head to the bar when a slightly drunk Sophia stepped in front of him and gave him a wet kiss. He had to pry her from his chest and she giggled on the way to the elevator. Rachel was next and she was equally tipsy and amorous. The woman had quite the active tongue. Megan and Miriam got their kiss on the cheek and he was finally free to head into the bar. As he stepped into the intimate atmosphere of the cocktail lounge his eyes were immediately drawn to the back of Margot as she sat at the bar. Even from behind he was struck with her poise and presence. Her thick wavy mahogany hair fell softly down her back and her legs were gracefully crossed. Ben headed in her direction. She was shaking her head at a man who was trying to speak to her. He looked frustrated and said something coarse then went to move away but stumbled to a stop when Ben was in his way. The man's eyes looked up at Ben's scowling face and blanched. He said something in a trembling voice and slipped around Ben to scurry away. Ben moved to the chair next to Margot and smiled. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine, he said with his best Bogart impression. Oh, that was terrible. Margot smiled as she turned to him. Ben shrugged his shoulders and gestured to the chair. May I sit? He asked and she nodded. As he took his seat, Ben could have sworn he heard a disappointed groan from behind him, but he put that out of his mind. I was surprised to find you here. I didn't know you wanted to speak with me again, especially considering your state of mind at our last meeting, he said gently. Her beautiful lips turned up in a soft smile. Yes, I shed a few tears at our last encounter. You spoke words of truth that shook me and made me examine my life in a harsh light. I spent the next two days evaluating what I truly considered important to me and what I could and should discard. The bartender came by and Ben ordered a bottle of still spring water. You don't want something stronger? Margot asked once Ben was served. I don't drink anymore. I lost myself in a bottle for too many years after my wife left me, he said with a frown. I know the danger in that as well, but I've managed to stay in control. She chuckled to herself. That is one of my issues. Control. I must always have control. Of my business. Of my life. Of my relationships. Her beautiful dark brown eyes sought and held his. You asked me to take ownership of the things that led to the dissolution of my marriage. My need for control, fed by my jealousy, contributed greatly. I didn't feel safe giving my heart to that man. Even on my wedding day he flirted with the women at the reception. Ben listened and heard the pain in her voice. He struggled to keep his hands where they were on the bar holding his glass. 
I believe I learned a great deal about myself in those initial days after we met, and in the days that followed. I know my work is very important to me. I have put so much energy into my career and I am very proud of my accomplishments. I love my lifestyle. I have two beautiful homes in the most beautiful cities in the world. I have friends and colleagues to call upon to go out to dinner or see a play. Lovers are not difficult to find should I need to release a little sexual energy. She smiled at Ben's blush. My life is very full. My free time is very limited with the demands of my career. I travel a lot. These things also contributed to the demise of my marriage. Honestly, I made more effort on my career than my marriage as that was safer for my heart. We were not honest with each other. I knew, from the beginning, that he would betray me. Then I drove him to do it. A tear rolled down her cheek and stopped at Ben's finger. Her lovely eyes found his again, and her bottom lips trembled. But you can't betray a heart, can you? Ben was trembling. She was so damaged and needy. His warning bells were ringing loudly yet he couldn't move. She pressed her cheek to his fingers then pulled herself away with effort. Gabriella warned me that I was dangerous for you. I can see from your eyes that she was right. Your heart is too open and mine is too obsessive. She dabbed her eyes and gave him a tremulous smile. I know I have no right to ask this of you but I would like you to consider a proposal of mine. I have very little time to devote to a relationship and with my history I would not subject someone to a full-time partnership. That said, my life needs this missing part. I need to love and be loved. I obviously have trust issues. If I could feel secure that my love was completely safe I could open my heart to that person. Someone who could share moments of my life when they could be arranged. They would not be frequent as my life is very full. I would like you to consider being that person. Please don't say anything now. Just think about it. I must return to Paris in three days. When are you leaving? Ben had to clear his throat as his throat had seized with his tension. In five days. May I see you again before I leave? She asked. Yes, of course. We can have that dinner, I promise. She caught his eyes with hers. That sounds nice. Ben smiled. She leaned in to kiss his cheek but he turned and their lips met and lingered. She pulled back, her eyes looking deeply into his, and quickly left. Ben remained at the bar as he needed to wait for certain parts of his anatomy to relax. Eventually he made his way to his room and got ready for bed. Sleep was slow to take him that night.